In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Some people treat God like a lovesick kid plucking daisy petals, trying to figure out if the one whom he loves, loves him. That is, they look at how their life is going and they count all the things that are going well as, he loves me, petals. And they count all the things that are not going well as, he loves me not, petals. And after plucking all these petals, they hope to land on a, he loves me, petal. But that is neither what hope is, nor the picture we get about God from Scripture. Just look at Psalm 85 as an example of how the ancient Israelites looked at and viewed God. The collection of Psalms was essentially Israel's hymn book. These were the songs they heard in the temple and the songs they sang for religious festivals and in the home. They taught them to their children, who in turn taught them to their children. By doing so, they taught the next generation about God. Psalm 85 starts off noting how God was favorable to his chosen land. After all, he restored the fortunes of Jacob. This happened several times with the Israelites as they suffered under the hands of other nations. The book of Judges records many instances of other nations invading Israel and taking their possessions or subjugating them and making the Israelites serve them. First and Second Samuel records several instances of Philistines attacking Israel and how God, at times, <clears throat> used Saul and David to restore his people's land and possessions. Such continues to happen with other nations, such as Moab and Syria, in First and Second Kings, until finally the majority of the nation is deported by Assyria and Babylon, only later being restored to their land after being in exile. The Israelites experienced a long cycle of favor, loss, and restoration, where God forgave the iniquity of his people and covered all their sin. What wrath he expressed, he gathered up and withdrew, turning from his hot anger. See how this psalm lays out God's past actions, his past expression of love, care, and concern, and then examines the present situation. There, there's no pondering if God will or won't be favorable looking at the past, wondering whether God will or won't have favor. No, the psalmist is certain of God's favor. This is the nature of true hope. Hope is certain. That's why the psalmist calls upon God for action and even puts these words into our mouths and the mouths of his fellow Israelites. Restore us and put away your indignation. Questions that follow are asked of the certainty of who God is. These questions also recognize that God is rightly angry at the people for their sins and that, that this anger could last a long time. And yet these questions of God's anger end in an appeal 
to God's steadfast love. In Hebrew, the word here is chesed, a word that includes compassion and kindness, as well as a promised and committed love. Thus, the questions about God's anger move toward a certainty about God, His great care and love for His creation, for His chosen people. This is not an uncertain, daisy petal picking love. No, God's love is foundational to the questions about God's wrath. In other words, the questions can be asked because we're certain of God's love. And not only that, but we can call upon God to show that love to us. Notice how verses 8 and 9 of the psalm move to affirm that certainty. For he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, and surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. This speaking of peace ultimately happens in Christ Jesus. As Hebrews 1, 1 1-2 reminds us, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son. Indeed, as we approach Christmas, we will recall the angel's message of peace among those with whom He is pleased. Luke 2.14 Peace, because salvation was near, for it was happening in Christ Jesus. God's glory had come into the land. The glory of Jesus sacrificing himself for you and me, of giving himself for us. This is God speaking peace. The word of God coming in the flesh to make peace with mankind. The psalmist is clearly looking forward to Christ's coming. He desires the fulfillment of the promise. After all, God promised salvation and deliverance. He promised comfort for his people, as Isaiah details, and to which John the baptizer comes along to point people. God's peace with man is found in Jesus. Thus we long for Christ's coming. We long for the peace that has begun to be fully here in all aspects of our life. Here is where our hope is found. Whether it be a few days or another thousand years till our Lord's coming, every day salvation is nearer. Christ is coming. In fact, every day is a day of salvation because Christ has already come and He has established salvation for you and me. He has made salvation certain and sure, by coming in our flesh and blood. Jesus took on human skin and a fully human body to make salvation sure and certain. In Christ, love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss. God's committed and promised love to redeem His creation and His trueness to those promises come to fruition in Jesus. They meet in Jesus because they are fulfilled in the miracle and gift of the only begotten Son being conceived and born a human baby. That steadfast love and faithfulness 
are further carried out and fulfilled in Christ Jesus' life and death for us. In God doing what he promised to rescue you and me. Herein also God's righteousness, that righteousness that sets the world right again, connects to the peace God has made with us rebels. A holistic peace that includes wellness and a rightly ordered life and existence. These also come together in Christ and His coming. Both that coming at Christmas and the coming for which we are still waiting. For Jesus came to set the world right again and bring us peace by coming to stand in our place. To be the perfect human we could not. To do the good we failed to do. The love we could not give. And then to be the perfect sacrifice also in our place. So that our lives would be set right and peace would be given unto us. And so God provides for our daily physical needs and our eternal needs. He promised to provide food and goods from the ground and never to flood the world again, and He faithfully does so. And He provides the promised righteousness through Christ Jesus, in which, once again, He forgives you and sets you right with Him again. This righteousness of God that is setting the world right is active in Christ Jesus, walking in His presence that is before Him and making Jesus' pathway and journey to the cross and out of the tomb to be a way and path. Jesus confirms this when He tells Thomas that He is the way. Jesus has walked ahead of you and me, the Ancient One who in the form of a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire went before the Israelites and made the way and path for them through the desert. He's gone ahead of you. And His righteousness has attended Him to make the pathway of life and salvation for you. Thus you have a way and path out of the sin of this world, out of the death and chaos and destruction that is coming because of sin. You have a pathway to life, to resurrection. Jesus has gone ahead of you and all the prophets, including John. They point to him. Simply look to him and trust his salvation. Trust what he has done. Forsake trusting in your good works. They are the works that Christ has given you and worked in you. They do not save. They're produced as you walk along the path of Christ, as you trust in him. Christ has made a way for you to walk, a clear, sure, and certain path that goes to the cross and baptism and brings you into new life. Do not return to the foolishness of sin, but walk in Christ's way. His way is an easy way, for His work and path are done and completed for you. Stay with Him, for His favor continues on. And He has forgiven you all your sins and continues to pour out His forgiveness on you. Already He has spoken. You are clean. And His way is peace, love, and righteousness for you now and in their fullness with His coming.
peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.